0: Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Well, it's that time again. We're back here on the porch. We're still continuing our look at the days of Noah. Tonight, it's going to be a little different. You know, the days of Noah didn't just offer us a glimpse of judgment. It showed us hope and put rest in place for God's children. That's what we're talking about, rest in place. Something we need right now with everything going on in the world. But as the opening statement said, welcome, thank you. We we appreciate your support and encouragement. You are a part of this community, and we keep you in our prayers. If you need something, you'd like to reach out, go to firefalltalkradio.com or use the email address, theporch at firefalltalkradio.com. This is the community part. If you don't want to be a part of that, go to the sound of the second shofar, but this is where we start out with praise reports and prayer requests and whatever the Lord leads me to say, and for the most part, I've been really good about staying out of trouble well it's not that hard to do when the Holy Spirit grabs my tongue the way he does, but uh he doesn't have to when i'm praising the lord i love I love my heavenly Father I love the lord i I love and appreciate the Holy Spirit i praise praise him for my home for my wife for family you know i I personally Grew up in a broken family. I can't imagine having that experience today with everything going on in the world. But I'm thankful. I had a mother who made up for things. Uh, she remarried. A man who took on the responsibility of somebody else's children. I had uncles who stepped in. Doesn't mean it wasn't difficult. Doesn't mean wounds weren't created. But all of that was done without the Lord and without the covering of the Lord. And so I'm, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my sons, my daughter-in-law, uh, grandson, all of our furry kids, everything he's given us. All good things come from above. So I praise him for that, for his provision, his protection over each and every one of us for the dreams and the visions that we are living out, Joel 2.28. I believe, as the statement says, the day of Pentecost is ongoing. We are in the age of the church that has not ended. This is the latter rain. This is the time that everybody's waiting for. We're in it. Stop looking for it. It's happening. I praise him for his healing virtues and his health, the health that he gives us, his health, divine health. You may not feel that. There are days I don't feel that, but I believe it. And I claim it. You should too. I praise him for divine abiding favor. The only favor we need. The only favor we should want. For the continuing revelation of the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to teach us. From my experience, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to teach us. He wants to share things and illuminate them and to remind us of Yeshua and what he said and what we need. He's there for us because he cares for us i praise him for making us new creations and allowing us to live in these prophetic times which means we better know how to pray psalm 122 verse 6 tells me to pray for the peace of jerusalem may they prosper who love you so i do every day i pray for jerusalem i pray for our jewish bro- brothers and sisters pray for our messianic brothers and sisters And I pray that Israel would abide by God's word or suffer the consequences, and that's my prayer for America. We need his grace. We need his mercy. We need our leaders to wise up, stand up, rise up, and do what they should do in accordance with his will and his word. Do I expect that? No, but I can pray for it. Praying for all the people that are being victimized by their leaders as we enter the darkness of these days, people are being victimized. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted, the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, the innocents, and those that are victims of injustice. Pray against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. Pray for missing and exploited children. (laughs) It's a horrible, horrible thing to think about. And I'm already having a problem because my brain is thinking about what I'm saying, which which is really a good thing. You, you should want my brain to be thinking about what I'm saying, but what I mean is I'm also visualizing it. Praying for our brothers and sisters that are being slaughtered, they're being persecuted, they're being beaten, their homes and places of worship are being destroyed. I pray against the growing persecution, the anti-Semitism, everything that's happening that indicates to me the winds of the spirit of the Antichrist are blowing. But we shall be defiant as a church. We shall stand, we shall pray, we shall say no, and do everything that we're supposed to do while we're here. Praying for divine wholeness, health, and healing as we get back to our divine design. I know some of you that are, uh, stay in touch with me are struggling or hurting things are going on that make no sense to you. Well, the answer starts with this. You're living in a fallen world. The body you have is not the one you're going to have, not the one you should have had. But keep the faith. Keep looking towards him. Pray for the remnant. That's you to wake up and to wake up others. For the doors and the blessings to come and flow and the doors to open and the ability to get out there and do what we need to do as we watch the clock tick, tick, tick closer to the end. That means I'm praying for kingdom finances, for kingdom business. Not to build on my own kingdom, not to build another man's kingdom, but, kingdom, but to build his kingdom. And of course, always, always, always pray for your lost family members. Father... I must start there. All of our friends, all of our brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, aunts, uncles, cousins, whoever they might be, whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we bring them to you first. We ask you to send somebody, send an angel, send anybody to speak to them and open their eyes, soften their heart. We pray them into your kingdom. We claim them into your kingdom. We want them to know your love the way we do. We want them to know you, Father. So we thank you. We thank you for that. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for, from day one, the minute Adam messed up, you had a plan for us. Lord, we love you. Adonai, Yeshua, we love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for the upper room. It seems really odd to be thanking you for the cross and what you endured. But without that, we're not here. We have no hope. We have no rest or comfort. Ark made from wood rescued them, and your cross made from wood rescued us. Thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to teach us, to guide us, to help us. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. I pray that everything I say tonight is under the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit through the word and the will of God, that hearts be opened and softened, eyes be clear, ears would hear, and that you would prepare us to do everything that you need us to do in the coming days. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information except where noted. of the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we've started out each week with Matthew 24, starting with verse 37. For the coming of the Son of Man, who is the Messiah, will be just like the days of Noah, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the very day when Noah entered the ark, and they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away, so will the coming of the Son of Man be unexpected judgment. But the section I'm keying on says so the beginning of verse 38, For as in those days before the flood, there's no specific set of days, as in the hundred days or the whatever it is, nope, all the days before the flood, we know, or at least Noah does, and we know now after the fact, divine judgment was coming. A pattern had been established, we'd been given the genealogy from Adam to Noah, giving us the gospel message that man has appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing comfort or rest. Noah is the symbol of rest and comfort. Man's mistake leads to God's offer of rest. And the thing that struck me and has always been evident to me as we can talk about the Nephilim, we can talk about the evil, we can talk about the, the, the legends of the, the gods and all those things that could have possibly been going on, all the debauchery, all the things that everybody talks about in the days of Noah. But you know what? First of all, we have to focus on what we can understand. If I taught you that, I don't know how many of you would understood it, and how many can you apply it? The reason you're here on the porch is you want things to apply to you so that you can use it in this fallen world. But the knowledge that man made a mistake and God offered a way out. He made a way immediately where there was no way. Even as he's speaking judgment on Adam and Eve and the serpent and Hasatan, he's created a way out. His love is so great for God so loved. Why? Because he loved Adam. He created Adam in love. And so immediately he offers us comfort and rest. And that's what Yeshua is. He is comfort and rest. In Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come to me, not do from me. When he gives rest, we find the rest we need because it has come from him. And right about now, you should be saying, Lord, I want your rest. What is rest? The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says rest is a cessation from motion. It's peace. It's quiet. Vine's complete expository dictionary of Old and New Testament words, cessation, refreshment, to make cease, it's a constant word in the subtuagent, the Sabbath rest. When he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, you'll find rest for my souls. He's contrasting the burden of religion that the Pharisees had put upon the people. He's not saying don't do anything. That's not the rest he's talking about, not inactivity, but to be in harmony with the working of the kingdom, the will, the heart, the imagination, the conscience of the kingdom, which is of God. That kind of rest. So rest is a pattern given to us from the beginning, from day one. Genesis 2, starting verse 2, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He hallowed it. He made it holy. Because in it he rested from all his works which God had created and made. That's what the Sabbath rest is about. It's for our good to spend time with him, to get rest in our souls. But we don't do that. We don't teach that. Psalm 132, verses 13 and 14, For the Lord God has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place, saying, This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. It's amazing how he declares that. It's imprinted into the ground, and there's been nothing but bloodshed and war until the Prince of Peace comes back. Hebrew 4, starting verse 7, which is a part of the Shabbat we do on Friday nights. He has designated a certain day, saying in David today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, capital H, God's rest, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I read a commentary today that said, Oh, that rest in Hebrews 4 isn't about the Saturday Sabbath rest. It's the future rest. That's the millennial rest. And I say nonsense. It's about now. It's about here and now. It's not about later. It's a fail-safe given to us to protect us from the stress of this world, which I'm going to show you what that's doing to us. But the Genesis Sabbath was God's rest. And the thing that struck me about Genesis, and, and hopefully in the, in the weeks to come, it was the beginning of the love relationship. It was the genesis of his love. So Matthew eleven twenty eight is rest from religious things. Matthew Hebrews four is rest rest from from uh, human efforts and endeavors. But we also see in Matthew twelve forty three and Luke eleven twenty four that the demons never find rest. Remember, the kingdom of darkness is a counterfeit kingdom. It is a mirror image of the kingdom of God. So if if the kingdom of God is right-handed. The kingdom of darkness is left-handed. Now, I'm not saying if you're left-handed, you're from the kingdom of darkness. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, it's a mirage, mirror image. It's the exact opposite. Matthew 12:43 says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through the dry places, seeking rest and finds none. And 11:24 of Luke goes a little further. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through the dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return from my house from which I came. And if you read the supernatural battle, I explained that those dry places are real. But they always want to go back to where they came from because they can't find rest. They'll be tormented forever for what they've done. And man and man's plans cannot Give us rest. I see so many people looking for peace in politics, peace in people, peace in external material, worldly things, and they're never going to find it. Not even a moment of it. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, he says, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Yeshua is contrasting his yoke to the religious demands of the spiritual leaders of his day. 613 Old Testament commands, which they cannot fulfill. fell in one, fell in them all. And of course, they got expanded with man-made tradition. He was looking at the people who had been burdened. And I wondered, Noah in his day, given the command to build the ark, told how to build the ark, what size it should be. Setting out to build the ark, getting his gloves and his boots and his His hard hat, the circular saw, you know, the the belt around his waist to secure his back. And, of course, none of that really happened because he didn't have any of those things. But my point is, is that what was he thinking the entire time he's doing this work? He and his family gathering the wood, cutting the wood, building this ark over 120 years. I don't know. I I can only surmise. But if he was the man that God said he was, I believe his heart and his mind was set on the calling and on the Lord and on the end result. But Yeshua looked at his children, looked at the people, looked at God's creation and watched them weighed down by the stipulations and the 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 guidelines that they were striving to reach being told that salvation would come peace would come what they were looking for would come from all this effort and yet none of it ever did he's offering them a call to salvation and a life of obedience that comes out of love not a, out of obligation He's inviting them to enter a relationship with a humble, gentle teacher who will help them carry the burden. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever burden you are trying to carry on your own, put it down. Look up to him. Ask him to help you carry it. The Mosaic rites were burdensome enough, but then the Pharisees, to keep control of the people and the flow of the money, had manufactured hundreds of additional burdens related to keeping the minutest detail of the law, none of which was actually there written that way. But yet... He's saying to us, even in this time, similar to the days of Noah, we're not there yet, but we're we're in the early days of it. I believe we're in the onset of the days of Noah. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It means you got to put down the weight. you got to put down the rocks that you've been carrying. Yeah, what your parents did to you was bad. What your spouse did to you was bad. What the system did to you was bad. What the church did to you was bad, but it's time to put it down. Time to stop carrying it. Time to let him help you i I talk about the church as us we're the church, the religious institution that's called the church. It's just that. It's an institution, and you know what happens in institutions. See? Holy Spirit grabbed my tongue on that one. The priests, the rabbis, the scribes, the Pharisees, we've created them. We've recreated them. We have them again today. We've elevated people to positions of uh, glorification and pseudo-worship who have weighed us down with demands and desires and all these things that have nothing to do with what we should be doing right now. He said about the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 4, For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Means they're not going to help you. I've seen this so much, I didn't see it under Shelley. Shelley wasn't that kind of preacher. But I've seen enough of it to last me a lifetime. The burden today is the burden of the tithe, and very controversial topic. Should we? Yeah, but we should do it out of love, not out of compulsion. Paul says that in 2 Corinthians 9. But I've seen it become a burden, I've seen it manipulated. I've seen men and women use it to build their kingdoms. And the weight just wears people down. Heavy laden. To carry a load. To be overburdened. Woe to you, lawyers, for you load men with burdens hard to bear and you yourselves don't touch the burdens with one of your fingers. See, Lord offers us and again, keep thinking, this ties back to Noah. Noah's building an ark to bring comfort and rest, and that through his lineage, Yeshua would come. This all ties together. He's offering a spiritual refreshment. Right here, right now, present time and future tense. But this burden I'm talking about, this Religion's done the same thing to people today. Society has worn us down. It's broken us. Pastoring, being a pastor, which, by the way, is really not that biblical of a position. It's only mentioned once. But we'll stay with it as it is. It's a high-pressure job in this nation because of what we've done. According to Soul Shepherding Institute an Organization that exists to care For the mental well-being of pastoral leadership, 90% of pastors work 55 to 75 hours a week. 75% report feeling highly stressed on any given week. Most are barely managing family life, mixed with the demands of pastoral care. and an unending stream of requests and responsibilities, And that is not the biblical model, and that's why it's chewing people up and spitting them out. We've created this machine that has long hours, impossible demands, uncertain job security. And I'm not talking about the church, I'm talking about the world. And it's taken its toll on the mental and spiritual and physical well-being stress-induced aches and pains and anxiety, anxiety drugs, medication, heart disease, high blood pressure, alcoholism and mental illness, and of course, suicide. 2022 Gallup State of Global Workplace Report, which was conducted in 2021. Among the workers surveyed, 60% report feeling emotionally detached at work, and 19% consistently feel miserable. And those numbers are higher than what they were in 2020, which had set a record for the percentage of employees that were stressed on a daily basis. The Gallup report notes that these findings are concerning, considering that on average people spend a staggering 81,396 hours of their lives working. And the only activity they spend more time doing is sleeping. What have we done to ourselves? We've lost his rest. The American Institute of Stress says, 2022 Stress in America poll by the American Psychological Association says the results of worrying more than ever. According to the poll, the stress and mental health statistics of the United States are worsening, and according to their opinion, mostly due to the uh, bundle reasons of uh, COVID, pandemic, rising inflation, and the Russian-Ukraine crisis. I'll call Paduki on that one, but what I think is happening, what they're saying, the stress levels in America are being measured by different professional institutions – such as the American Institute of Stress, the American Psychological Association, and others. That 87% of the respondents are stressed out because of the money shortage, uh, groceries, gas, electricity, all the things in this world that is weighing them down and beating them up. And then a staggering 80% of them said they're terrified to watch the Russian-Ukraine crisis. Folks, turn off the TV. Turn off the news. Stop doing this to yourself. You will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's from Matthew 24, 6, red letters. Stop worrying about it. It's going to happen no matter what you do. But the legacy media, as I call them, is weighing people down. Let's face it, Big Farmer wouldn't survive without it. So what was Noah thinking? He's building this ark. He knows that something bad is coming. The people are watching, and I can't say all didn't care, because according to the book of Enoch, they were crying out to God, they were crying for mercy, they were crying for help, because the evil on the earth was so pervasive, and the bloodshed, and the shortage of food, and all the things that we're seeing today, they were crying out for help and mercy, and finally their their answer to their prayers came. Unfortunately, it wasn't what they thought, but they were stressed out. That's what evil does. That's what Hasatan does. He doesn't bring peace. He doesn't bring happiness. He doesn't bring joy and light. He brings darkness and heaviness. He brings bondage. People are stressed out over supply chain issues and and inflation and gas prices and cyber attacks, and nuclear threat attacks, and EMF. Oh my goodness, if an EMF goes off, we'll have nothing to go back to the dark ages. Well, maybe they'd be healthier. Let's get rid of the electronics and the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth. Of course, you couldn't listen to me, but by then you should have enough of the Bible in you. You could know what you're doing. Don't be stressed about money and all these things that you can't control. That's why you start your day out in prayer. That's why you end your day in prayer. That's why you're hooked to the throne room. If you're having a problem with what I'm saying, this scripture is for you. I want you to write it down. It's Colossians 3, 1 through 3. I'm going to read you the Amplified. You save whichever one moves you. Therefore, if you've been raised with Messiah to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Messiah is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. For you have died to this world, and your new real life is hidden in Messiah with God saying that a food shortage wouldn't affect you. Of course it would. Gas shortage, it will affect you. The price of gas is affecting all of us, but it shouldn't stress you out. You do what you can do, and then you trust him for the rest. Divine rest is the only rest there is. It's the only real rest there is. Noah knew rest was coming When the ark was finished and whatever this flood was that was being promised, something they didn't understand because they'd never seen it before, but he knew he had to keep going. He knew he had to keep building this ark. Bondage of strife and striving is the trick of the enemy. You do the best you can with what you got for as long as you can and then trust the Lord for the rest. Your mind should not be set on and weighed down by earthly things. I'm preaching to myself here, too. I've got a type A personality and an an over-analytical mind. I don't just analyze things. I keep slicing it till I can't slice it anymore. I'm better than I once was, but I still do it. I can only do what I can do, then I have to trust the Lord for the rest. But I will tell you this, we are not dependent on the fallen world system or man's designs, man's steps, or man's plans. We're not destroyed by what we see and hear. Noah wasn't. He didn't have our Bible, he didn't have a word, he didn't have all this technology and all these things to... Cheer himself up and praise and worship music. He just had him and the presence of the Lord in his life. And we also shouldn't be stressed out by what we're seeing of the evil and those things going on in the world. Mankind's disobedience will cost them an eternal rest. There will be no rest for them, which is why your hearts should be set upon your friends and your families and those that care about that are not saved. If you don't believe in eternal torment, if you don't believe in an outer darkness, if you don't believe in, in, in judgment, and in final judgment, then I don't know what to tell you. You're reading a different Bible than I do. But if you do, if you do understand those things, if you see those things coming, then it should fire you up to pray, to intercede Revelation fourteen thirteen John says I heard a voice from heaven saying to me write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they might find rest from their labors, and their works follow them. But we're offered rest here and now, right here in him. We're offered peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. We're given the example that the Lord gave us. What example? Well, according to Mark 6.33, he would tell the disciples, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For they were coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. Sometimes compassion will, cost that, will cause you to do that. And the Lord kept going, but then he said, no, nope, I need to rest. I need to go get alone with the Father. When do, when do you get alone with the Lord? You do a drive-by? You know, when I was early in ministry, especially when we had the home church, if you came and told me what was wrong or what was happening or complained to me about what the enemy was doing, because of my ability to see in the Spirit and prophetically, sometimes I would be a little blunt, call people out on the fact that they were the problem. But if you're not spending time with the Lord, that's on you. If you're not giving him the focus of your day, that's on you. If you're not getting in this word, and I don't mean devotions and doing drive-bys, I mean getting into this word. I know some of you tell me you listen to the the Bible studies, and I appreciate that, and that you download them and you go back and listen to them again, and you'll write me and say, hey, I caught this. I didn't catch it the first time. And I can't tell you how much that blesses me because the amount of time I spend doing this because I want you to be ready. But compassion says, I need to spend more time with you, Lord. I can't help anybody if I can't even help myself. After the feeding of the 5,000, you know, the Lord had to go find rest. He had to go away. He had to depart to a place because he was so moved. He had to stop and feed them all. Of course, we know the miracle happened, but he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And he went to pray, and he found a place of rest, a hiding place, just him and the Father. Find your hiding place. It doesn't mean you have to build a closet. You don't have to build a prayer room. You have to go through. You can just get under a prayer shawl or, or get under your sheets or go in a corner somewhere or get in your car and close the door. And, and You're blind if you don't see what's coming. I know that was a blunt, and that just came out of nowhere, but it's what hit me. You're blind if you don't see what's coming. If you don't understand that you your spirit person needs to be fed and strong and ready, you need to have the Word of God on your lips and the nature of the Lord in your hearts. You need to understand the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and all the things that I've been teaching since March of 2010. Pouring into you, preparing you. Because what's coming, it's going to take everything you've ever learned. It's going to take all the spiritual strength you've ever had. Yeshua would spend nights in prayer, communion with the Father, usually preceded and even accompanied him in difficult situations. We know before the cross he went off and prayed, but he found rest in prayer. He was a man of prayer, and that's one thing that I am so thankful. The Lord and my Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, ingrained into me was prayer. Mark one thirty-five. Now in the morning, having risen long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place where he prayed. He had the inner strength to fulfill the calling because of supernatural support. That's rest. He sought rest in the presence of the Father. Rest is relief from the burden. I would suspect many of you are overwhelmed because you're not resting in the Lord. You're not resting in his word. You're trying to figure it out for yourself. You're looking for worldly answers to otherworldly problems. He will give you rest from all the burdens of this world. Oswald Chambers says, Our Lord's words are not do this or don't do that, but come to me. See, when you know the Lord, and his spirit is in you, and you're in love with him, do and don't becomes will and won't. It means I choose not to do those things. You, you, you obey out of love. I believe Noah was obeying out of love. And I believe God choosing Noah to do that job, to rescue him and his family, to continue the bloodline of the, the man and woman he had created, Adam and Eve, was based on love. Labor leads to fatigue. Causes inner t- turmoil and struggle. In the name of Yeshua right now, whatever inner turmoil and struggle you are wrestling with, give it up. Let it go. Let the Lord have it. Stop listening to the voice of the enemy berating you and beating you down, accusing you, condemning you. You made a mistake. You said you're sorry. It's under the blood. Move on. You can't undo it. I'm speaking from experience. If I could go back and undo what I did and walking out of my family, And hurting my son Jesse the way my father had hurt me, I would turn the clock back, but I can't. But I have to trust the Lord that he will fix what I did. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him and entrust yourself to him. Do not fret, whine, or agonize because of those who prosper in their ways. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. I just gave you three variations of Psalm 37, verse 7. But it's easy to watch the news, it's easy to watch this fallen world system, it's easy to see everything the enemy's doing and prospering from and get frustrated and fret and whine and agonize. But my trust is in the Lord. I can't change my circumstances, only he can. And the calling he's given me, like Noah's, is so great that I can't do it on my own. I can't manipulate it. I can't in any way, shape, or form make it happen without his help. So I'm going to be still. We should let the Lord be God rather than taking matters into our own hands. Which gets us back to the definition of rest. Be silent. Be still. Be quiet and relaxed. Doesn't mean you're not doing something. It just means you're resting in him. Noah rested in him. He followed the plans. He built the ark, built the ark. He went in seven days before the rains came and the Lord sealed them in to protect him, A, so that he wouldn't try to get out and B, others couldn't get in. Rest. Wait patiently. Do not fret. Oh, you're going to pray. You're going to do, you're going to serve, you're going to help people. But you're going to do it based upon the spirit of the living God. You're going to do it based upon your relationship with him. I'm going to do some research, see if I can find any more information about Noah, maybe from Jasher's or Jubilees or some of the other ancillary books from those times. But we don't really have a whole lot about those years, of what Noah did and his family did and what they were thinking or feeling or how they fed themselves or what were the threats. And did anybody try to stop them? Were there angels protecting them? All these things that your imagination can fill in all the blanks. All I know is what I'm told that he trusted the Lord. He was a symbol of faith. When we see this world, this fallen world, which reminds us of those days, and the wicked seem to prosper, boy, do they prosper. David, the psalmist, calls for patience, a renewed sense of dependence upon the Lord, and a new pleasure in knowing him. So don't fret. Don't be excited. Don't be fired up or in anger, anguish, or agitated. Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I do hope. See, there's your effort. you got to open that word. you got to get into that word you got to take these hour-long Bible studies that I give you and slice them up and feast on them. Noah wasn't distracted by the evil of his day. He was focused on the calling. He knew what the outcome was without even understanding how it would happen. We know what the outcome's going to be for those that reject him. And while that's sad, I can't do anything about it except tell them the truth and love. Perfect rest and peace are not a human achievement but a divine gift. It's an experience that comes to us when we allow Messiah to synchronize our lives with him. And give us balance. That's called being in harmony with Him, being in harmony with the kingdom, being in harmony with the word. Well, how can you do that if you don't know it? If you make no effort, if you spend more time on YouTube or Facebook or ESPN or someplace else doing drive by devotional listening to somebody else's most recent revelation no you need to get in the word you need to spend time with him you need to meditate on a scripture until it becomes complete and full and three dimensional for you see rest is not lying in soft beds of ease free from all labor with no one to please Rest is not quitting, no burden to bear. Rest is reclining in heart on his care. Rest can be found in trouble and pain when dark clouds are gathered and threatening rain. Rest is relief found in life's darkest hour. To know he is with us and held by his power. Rest is not found by fulfilling our dreams. Dreams often vanish, hopes lost, so it seems. Rest is the promise of our Lord made to all who faithfully trust him, refusing to fall. There remains a sweet rest for people of grace who enter that rest while in seeking his face. This life so uncertain can never destroy the rest that is found when his will we enjoy. Rest is secured the hour of believing. Today you may enter, his will now receiving. His yoke is now easy, the burden is light. He draws near to comfort and steady your plight. Rest comes the moment you answer his call. To bend. Depend on him fully, no worry at all. Rest settles the mind, anxiety none. With love now abiding, the victory is won. A man named Phil Simmons wrote that. Rest comes the moment you answer his call. The call to love him. The call to spend time with him. The call to tell others about him. You want to change the world? You do it one person at a time. You want to change society? Change one person at a time. Go make disciples of all men and women. Go tell them about the Lord. Noah had a calling. A huge calling. An eternal calling. And he rested in that and what he understood of it. I doubt he understood the eternal ramifications. He rested in place because he knew comfort was coming. No matter how bad it gets, it's about to get worse. But I can tell you that when it gets worse, that's not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on comfort is coming. He's not going to abandon us. He's not going to forget us. He's not going to let us go through the time of Jacob's trouble. What we see now is just a foreshadowing. It's just a a trailer of the real movie. But my hope is in him. My hope is in his word. My hope is in his promises. I know they're real. I just don't know when they get fulfilled. But if he said it, I believe it. But see, you have to decide that for you. I wish I could do it for you. If I would, I I, I would do whatever I could to get you to believe it. But only you can do that. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting with him, turning off everything, stop listening to these other voices in your head that don't line up with the word of God. Stop speaking things out which curse you and diminish you and cut him off from you. If you don't know how to speak in faith, then speak the Word. Find scriptures that apply to what you're going through and speak it out loud. Be strengthened in your inner man and woman by the presence of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I come to you as your son, as your servant, As someone so in love with you, I don't even know how to put it in words. But I know it's real. And I know I feel it. I know you're real. And while I long for the day I see you face to face and it's all done. And I've run my race but i don't want to see that i don't want that until it's over i want to be able to see you and know that i did everything you called me to do i fulfilled the calling saved one more person cast out one more demon pulled down one more stronghold send one more fallen angel or demonic offspring on the run to rescue a lamb out of the lion's mouth to lay hands on the sick, and they would recover. For the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the dead to be raised. Lord, we need you right now. Your children need you. We need a fresh wind of the Spirit. We're tired. We're wounded. (laughs) We're weary. But we are going to rise up. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. We are going to rise up with wings as eagles. We're going to walk and not grow eerie. We're going to run. We're, not. we're going to do everything we're called to do. We're not going to fall. We're not going to fail because He's doing it with us. You may not think, I can't run, Richard. I can barely walk. You will. you will because he's with you he loves you rest in place with him make a commitment right now July 6th 2022 whatever the day or time as you listen to this make a commitment to rest in place with him to Let go of the past, let go of the burden, let go of the recriminations, the condemnation, the failures, and rest in place with him. Hear his voice, feel his love, know him, because the days ahead you're needed, your prayers are needed, your hands are needed, your heart is needed. So I pray for you, I bless you, I declare and decree him over you. And I do all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.